1: this baseball show tuesday october 26th this is a fun day because it's tuesday right tuesday is not supposed to be very fun we're almost at wednesday hump day but it's also game one of the world series which is what we look forward to i guess in february when pitchers and catchers report we think huh who are the two teams that are gonna get here on this tuesday october 26th we have our answer the astros and the braves and this is your comprehensive World Series preview. Jack McMullen, Peter Apple, Arm Layton, we're here like crazy. Dang, it's baseball. Just baseball started on Opening Day, pretty much, and we're here now. Pete, Arm, like this is your guys's baby. Start with you, Pete. How do you feel about your baby going off to college now?
0: See, for me, it doesn't feel like my baby's going off to college. It feels like my baby is turning one years old. Yeah. In a sense, like, that. I feel like this is just going to be a continuation of us coming at you with all of our takes kind of for the rest of our lives. That's why I'm so excited. So instead of the whole season thinking of this as, you know, start as a baby and die, it's really like from zero to one years old. Yeah. Yeah. Not
2: not dying yet, but... um... (laughs) The work uh, stoppage. <laughs> no, it, it, it's, it's a good point. I, I'm in the same boat where it feels like we've hit this point of like, it's a first notable like end mark of what was a very special year. Like you'll never have the first season again, but I'm also so excited for what's next because we really bootstrapped it this season. And I thought everything went really well. Um, and we really just grew so fast that we couldn't even keep up. And that was awesome. A great problem too. But in the offseason, we're going to get to assess everything, see where we can add, see what we, we could just be better and be smooth and ready to roll
1: next year. So I'm really pumped for that. Well, and the good news about the offseason and the good news about what we like doing is that we're not going to be bored in the offseason because we love money and we love free agency and we love trades, although... I did just see some tweets about the winter meetings not happening. I don't know. That's all kind of beside the point. We'll talk about a CBA. We'll talk about whatever is to come in this sport because this sport is so layered. It's so screwed up most of the time, uh, but it's so beautiful. And we are at the most beautiful point in the baseball season. You've got the Atlanta Braves who, how the hell did they get here? And the Houston Astros who... We just always kind of seem to forget about the Astros, but just they're really good at all times. We're going to dive into what each of those sides does well, how they got here, how they can win the whole thing. But first and foremost, let's jump into how they got there with the Houston Astros. They beat the White Sox in the ALDS, and then in the ALCS, no Lance McCullers, but they stepped up late in the series when the Red Sox offense just wilted away, Aram? Yeah, I mean, it seemed like one of those where
2: the, <laughs> I you were going to take this as like the bad, me sliding the Red Sox, just the, the, the better team kind of just outlasted, right? I mean, that seems like exactly what happened. You had pitchers step up that we knew were capable of stepping up in that situation. And they did to a different degree. I think we're going to talk about Luis Garcia and what he did. Framber Valdez stepping up. Those two guys really shut the door, but you could say that the Red Sox offense slowed down. I think it did a little bit, but I also think at the same time, like simultaneously, you had these two Astros rookies step up and just take it to another level, two young pitchers that just rose to the occasion. What eight innings of Framber did for that mediocre to subpar bullpen for the Astros. And then what Luis Garcia did uh, just to put them in the driver's seat. I mean, the Red Sox had a phenomenal season net win. You got to say that they exceeded everybody's expectations, especially ours, but the Astros got the big performance from the guys they need. And that's all that the stars that star core needs. You give them a little bit and they say, okay, we'll take it from here. And that's exactly what they did.
0: Jack, I have a question for you and arm as well. Um, So when we were going through our predictions, we were predicting this series. We All three of us were kind of on the fence. We thought Astros and Red Sox would be really close. I think you guys had Red Sox in seven. I had Astros in seven. But we both all knew that it would be a very close series. Jack, I want to start with you. When you were predicting the Red Sox, what did they not do that you thought they, they were going to do? I had Red Sox in six because I cited Magic. And I
1: said that the magic could take them through. Uh, so very simply put, they ran out of magic. And uh, I have no idea how to quantify that. I don't think I can no, quantify that. Uh, Ex-Wolbecon will not help me out. <laughs> and the, the move that Alex Cora made, I think, was was doing the
2: same thing. Going to Iovaldi to pitch the ninth, almost under the assumption that you're going to score in the bottom of the ninth because they did it so many times throughout the postseason like Cora was betting on the magic too, and it didn't work. And that ended up costing them, I think, you know, pretty gravely over those last two games, especially when they had to go to Evaldi and uh, he he couldn't go as deep as you'd wanted him to. So for me, I know I I was thinking magic, you know, at that point we're like, okay, what are we missing here? Because we've been so wrong about this team consistently. They must have have something that we can't see. The magic ran out. The exwobicon ran out. (laughs) there is just not there it just it just i think the better team really ended up rising to the occasion and that's what happens when you don't have a break in an entire lineup there's no break through the entire astros lineup and it's just ridiculous i was reading your write up today peter the, the preview as i was editing that and it's like you already know it like we all know that the astros have a sick lineup but just reading the words that you wrote essentially saying like it's just the first seven guys are all all stars and potentially future hall of famers like i knew that but just to read that again and it's like yeah peter's right like he had, Type that out. That's absurd to even have in words. Like, that's crazy.
1: How does that team lose? And now they're having pitchers step up? Like, scary. Yuli Gurriel is, uh, what, how many more years does he have to add to his Hall of Fame case? Because he's 37 (laughs) right now. I think he's going to go until he's 50 because his best year was as
0: a 37-year-old. And speaking to that lineup, I mean, not only do we all know that they led the league in runs scored this year. They have one of the best offenses this postseason as well. But when you really go through it, and I didn't want to be so hyperbolic when I'm talking about all-star and Hall of Famers, but let's go through it. Jose Altuve, is he a Hall of Famer one day? Possibly. Well on his way. Well on his way. Well on his way. One of the career leaders in home runs in the postseason in MLB history already. Then you go number two, Michael Brantley. Is he at least all-star caliber? Probably won't make the oh, Hall of all-star Fame. All-star caliber, no doubt. Yes. All of very good. And he almost won the batting title this year. And will probably almost win it again next year. Then move on to number three. I mean, who bats three in this lineup? You could do a bunch of different very Let's say Alex Bregman. At least we know he's an all-star. Will he yeah. be a Hall of Famer one day? Maybe he's the one cog in their lineup, even though he's hitting three, that might not be either of those. But I know he's an all-star, at least. He's an
1: all-star. Uh, Jordan Alvarez is the, the best DH of all time already. Future yes. Hall of
0: Famer. Then you move on to the five spot. I love how I mean, Peter
2: just says it now. It's like it's like talking about Mike Trout. Like he's future whoosh. Hall of Famer.
0: Just, just on to the next point. Like Jordan's good. He's in already. I'm already putting him in. Carlos Correa, probably a future Hall of Famer. He's if he can stay way. healthy. If he can stay healthy. I mean, these are all guys. I think the fact that you can
2: even say that. Kyle Tucker. Y- yes. And yes. now tomorrow <laughs> can retire today. I'm putting Kyle Tucker in. <laughs> No, Kyle Tucker, though, well on his way to being a perennial all-star and one of the best players in the game. We
0: don't see this that often, guys. No. When else are we just seeing lineups with seven, like not seven. Chaz dudes. McCormick.
1: Yeah, don't forget about Chaz McCormick. Jake Myers. Jake
0: Myers, Myers, too. Oh, Jake Myers is
1: actually good. Well, so is
2: Chaz McCormick. <laughs> so I want to say one thing to, to piggyback on Peter's point, too, about Altuve, and and we could talk about his potential Hall of Fame case. 1,777 hits, and he's only 31. So you figure he's got six, seven more seasons left. He's going to easily eclipse the 2,500 mark, probably encroach on 3,000. 308 career hitter, 164 career home runs, and he tied his career high in homers this year. He has the MVP. He has multiple top three finishes. I think he's going to get a gold glove as well. He's a Hall of Famer whether you like it or not. Yeah. Like he will 261 stolen bases. I mean, he does it all. He, he does. Was a awesome. late bloomer too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's still blooming technically, right? Yeah, kind of. Is he like 5'6", 5'5". I mean,
0: I'm trying to find a lineup that is better than this that we've seen, really. I, I can't think, besides those Yankees teams, like those. The, <laughs> the emergence right? of Kyle Tucker, they put themselves in a discussion that I don't even know if we're ready to have. To be All totally right,
1: honest. I think the only team in the last 10 to 15 years that contends with the firepower offensively that the Astros have uh, are the Dodgers over the last couple of years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's it. And, and that kind of shows you, I know that baseball doesn't have the salary cap issue and the, you know, the, the luxury tax issue and the CBA that the NBA does, although we might get a little bit closer to that this off season, but I mean, this is the closest that I think we've seen in a really long time to two super teams, and the Astros have done it in a very subdued manner without really paying anybody an absurd amount of money.
2: They let Springer walk. (laughs) This lineup could have had Springer in it, theoretically, too. Like, if they wanted to go over the luxury tax, like blow through it, you could take this lineup, and instead of Jake Myers and Chaz McCormick, you have George Springer in this lineup. That's just stupid. And imagine if Martin Martin Maldonado, a phenomenal defender. Imagine if he didn't have a negative 20 WRC plus in the postseason. Like imagine if that guy actually hit his weight, that their numbers on a macro scale would be insane. I had Kobe Olson tweeted this from our account. And I think it's embedded in Peter's uh, gambling pick article. It, I believe that this Astros team in 2021 had the 10th highest team WRC plus uh, since 2000, which is really impressive because you have to compare it relative to the pitching that we're seeing now too because that lineup would probably put up the best WRC plus we've ever seen in 2002 yeah right so that I think when you look at what they're doing to be 10th at this point with the, where the game is today it's it's just incredible and I I know that people are saying this isn't the most exciting world series ever but I'm I love watching this Astros team hit I, It might just be me I know people love to hate the Astros but I mean, I could watch these guys hit all day. And, and frankly, not, not many of the guys in the lineup had anything to do with it, especially some of the most exciting hitters had nothing to do with it.
0: So and that's arm, where
2: I'm going to add on that.
0: To, to just get back on that stat that you were talking about, the fact that you're right, they're 10th in WRC plus since 2000 of all of these teams, but it's not the same competition. But even if you look it who's number one, the 2019 Astros that didn't look <laughs> yeah. a whole lot different than it. What's number two? The 2017 Astros like this, these past four or five years while we were all worried about the cheating might've just been the epitome of, of hitting in the 21st century.
2: That's the most annoying part, right? Like, is they didn't even need to forget. if there's one team that didn't need to cheat, it was them. They're showing that this year. Yeah. And like, there's a level to that where it's like, okay, it gives you a little bit of peace of mind knowing that this team is good and they could hit regardless. But it's also like, Jesus, man, you guys didn't even need to cheat. You probably would have put up the same offensive numbers except for like the the McCann's, the Brian McCann's of the world that could hit magically at home. Like those were the guys that benefited from it. But I promise they the Astros could have circumvented Brian McCann not hitting and then found another way. So that's what really pisses me off about this is because this is such a good offense that's now tainted. And I mean, it affects them more than it affects me. I don't lose sleep about the Astros, but it is a shame because this is a really special offense.
1: We're going to talk more about the Astros when we kind of get into where the advantage lies within, you know, certain components in this world series. I want to get to how the Braves got here because nobody was really expecting this. Nobody was expecting this when Mike Soroka went down and Max Freed was not himself at the beginning of the year. Nobody expected this when Ronald Acuna Jr. Tore his ACL, but here we are. The Braves are in the world series and they just took down the LA Dodgers. The Dodgers had to go with two bullpen games in the NLCS. I understand Max Scherzer was going through a dead arm period. I know that Clayton Kershaw was not on that roster because of injury. I know that this was just a decimated Dodger team without Max Muncy, who Peter and I were just talking on the phone a couple days ago is maybe the key cog in that lineup. You have however many millions of dollars committed to who's playing on a given day and Max Muncy is the guy that ties it all together this was a depleted dodger team they have played a brewers team in the nlds that could not hit and i think we knew that going in i chose to ignore that because i thought the pitching was too good but the braves got past the brewers they got past the dodgers and i think they're convincing more and more people that they can actually do this
0: Arm, what do you think? I, 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 all right, all right. So I have been, after game two, I posted that TikTok where I was like, why can't the Braves win, right? Where are they weak? You look around the diamond. On offense, their offense has been fantastic, and there's no spot in the lineup where I say, oh, that guy's terrible. That's a hole. Or they have a big strikeout guy in the middle like a Joey Gallo or sitting in the middle where you got an auto out there. No, no, no. One through nine, they can all roll. You look at defense. They're not the best defensive team, but they work well as a unit. You look at starting pitching. That's where they're at their strungs with the Charlie Mortons and the Max Freeds and the Ian Anderson. And you could throw in Huascar, you know it, in there as well. Then their bullpen has been phenomenal. And their biggest addition, Richard Rodriguez at the deadline, hasn't even been one of their top five relievers. I mean, if you asked Braves fans a couple months ago, who's going to be in big roles, is it going to be Jesse Chavez or is it going to be Richard Rodriguez? after the trade deadline, they would have looked at you if you were crazy if you said Jesse Chavez. But that's how this team has been able to pull their bootstraps together. Got to give Snitker a ton of credit. He's been with the organization, if I'm not mistaken, like 40 plus years. And he's obviously a guy that we're not just taking a game script and then immediately using it. He's using his mind and it's worked. And that's why the Braves are here because they just simply have no weaknesses. They're 12 deep on offense. They're four five deep starting pitching. They're six deep in the bullpen and they can play good defense. Overall, this is just a really solid team that Fangraphs had in an 81 and a half win projection at the beginning of the year.
1: Aram, quick thought here. And then I want your take on this because this is something that we have talked about ad nauseum, right? The the old school versus new school approach. And the Braves, while they have a lot of those new school players, Ozzy Albies, Acuna is the definition of the new school player they've got some old school feel. You see it with the starting pitching. Charlie Morton is an old school pitcher. Ian Anderson relying on old a changeup. That's old school. Tyler Matsick is old school. Will Freddie Harris,
0: Freeman's old school.
1: Freddie Freeman is, is somewhat old school there. Uh, Will Smith, sorry, not Will Harris. Um, Will Smith is somewhat old school. What do you make of this? What do you make of this Braves deviation from – the trends that we're seeing in major league baseball in 2021 i think that snitker had more of a say in this is pure
2: speculation but these just seem like guys that snitker understands snitker wanted to be able to mix and match with and i feel like he might have had a little bit more say in the pieces that they went out to get you know we all thought that they were dead in the water after acuña was hurt peter mentioned eight, 81 and a half Win projection by fan graphs, and that's with Ronald Acuna. So you take Ronald Acuna out of that. And that's under the presumption that Soroka was going to be somewhat involved in some aspect at some point this season, which he was zero. So I I think at this point, you kind of saw maybe Atlanta kind of try to build a team that fit more of what Snitker wanted to do instead of just saying, here, you're going to deal with this team and, and you're going to find a way to manage the best way you can with it. I feel like there's a collaborative environment there. It just seems like it is. Alex, I can't even say his last name. Alex. And it's crazy because I'm Armenian and Greek and it's
0: like the same. I usually get every word wrong too. So
2: Yeah. I'm not even going to bother right now. It's just one of those days where it's not going to come out. Uh, But I feel like that Snitker had a little bit of say this time because it seems like these are the exact types of players that he wants to work with and he likes to mix and match. And he's somebody that goes by field. We, We just saw the article on it, but we were talking about that way before as somebody that goes on field. And the last thing I want to say about them too, in terms of how they got here, despite a lot of the limitations is by mid season, Oscar a little bit before that, because he punched the bench before that, but up until <laughs> Oscar and Noah lost the boxing match with the bench, he was looking like one of their best pitchers at the time. And he, he's just not been able to get his legs under him since returning. He's thrown one inning this postseason and It was a bad inning. So the fact that they're doing that without, Inoa without Soroka without Acuna, like I I saw so many people saying the depleted Dodgers, the depleted Dodgers. Like spare me, spare me. They they're they're way up there in money. They have more than enough talent. The Braves are pretty decimated too, and they found a way and they pieced it together and they were more built to be able to I think kind of offset responsibility. The big key for the Braves for me, and I think it's clear, clear, clear as day. Of course, their offense has come up big in spots. But the bullpen, I mean, you can't look anywhere other than the bullpen. Tyler Matzik has been otherworldly. A.J. Minter has been fantastic. And those two guys have really carried the load because Luke Jackson's been terrible. Jesse Chavez, as Peter mentioned, has come up in big spots. When they went to Matzik to go against Albert Pujols, you're going lefty against Pujols. That's literally Snicker just saying, screw the numbers. Matzik, I love the way he's throwing it. He's going to shove it up his ass. And that's exactly what he did. And then he shoved it up four more players' asses subsequently. Like, that's just what he did. And that's snicker going on field.
0: The numbers would tell you no shot. You're going lefty pitcher against Pujols. And, and Arms, yeah. speaking to that point, you're exactly correct. Pujols against lefties has an OPS over 900 this year. You heard that correctly. The Albert Pujols, who we aren't sure if he's 40 or 50, but he's somewhere in the middle. He he had a 900 OPS against lefties and like a 550 OPS against righties, and yet they stick with Matt Sick. That's a perfect example of, screw the numbers, this is our best pitcher right now.
1: Splits God, were you rolling in your sleep thinking about that? Every
0: day. That's all I think about
1: yeah (laughs) Um, yeah, you you probably were looking at that and you were like throwing the
0: remote into the couch right like what's he doing? no I loved I loved the decision I was like well first of all yeah the OPS numbers say Albert Pujols 900 is he a 900 OPS hitter come on Tyler Matzik he can get him out that's why I loved it actually I was like yes the numbers skew that way but like have some common sense it's still Albert Pujols and it's still your best reliever let him do the job You say it's still Albert Pujols, like it's not. Like it's bad.
1: Ballad Hall of Famer Albert Pujols, like it's scrub 45-year-old Albert Pujols.
0: Come on, let's be honest with all each other. Like, where are we at with him? I'm not saying it's with him on the Cardinals. I'm saying it in 2021. You know, to this point,
1: I feel like we're going to get these moments in the World Series, but to this point... You know, there are certain things in every postseason that just jump out to you and, and stay with you for five years, seven years. Jose Bautista, the bat flip after Russell Martin threw a, you know, ball back to the pitcher off of a guy's bat. You remember I'm, that? I'm still angry point? about that. But you remember how that. How dare he flip that bat? Inning? And you remember how it ended with the Jose Bautista bat flip, right? There are moments in every postseason that people just hold for a while. I'm going to hold Tyler Matsick striking out the side in the clincher for five or six years, I think. Yeah. I love that. He, he was a dude, man. Yeah. Um, is Alex Anthopoulos the executive of the year?
0: Yep. Yes. No, oh. Zayde. or, 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 I mean, Friedman did pretty well. (laughs) It's either Farhan or Anthopoulos, I think. You can't
2: give it to Friedman. No, I know,
0: but it's like the dude got Scherzer and Trey Turner. He did well. Like, and he was his best pitcher, or not his best pitcher, but Trevor Bauer, the Cy Young Award winner, he thought he was going to have, and he was obviously gone, and then had to replace him, had to replace Dustin May. Like, you know, even the Andrew Friedman, I know it's not the the answer everyone wants to hear, but, like, he's
1: going to get a nod. Alex Anthopoulos flipped Bryce Ball who finished the year in high a or maybe double a for jock peterson he then flipped alex jackson for adam duvall who led the national league in home runs arm how's alex jackson doing i think he had a 50 percent k rate
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, like i'm not Man. even kidding i'm not even being hyperbolic i'll pull it up right now continue jack okay as I- <laughs> he,
1: he then flipped pablo sandoval for eddie rosario who got dfa'd before the <laughs> year was up and then arm you and i were talking about this what's the name of the guy that went back to the royals for a jorge soler oh god i already forgot again yeah.
2: <laughs> i already forgot. and if i forgot like you know i'm a freak about prospects and knowing systems that yeah he's not very relevant no offense to him uh I was wrong about the K rate and I'm, I'm very sorry to, uh, to Alex Jackson. I, I totally slighted him 48.3% K rate <laughs> and 151 plate appearances this year.
1: That's horrible. Dude, that's crazy. I could do that. Come on. I think I could do that. I can do better. I'd be around a hundred percent.
2: Yeah. So think about that. Uh, well, one, it's really ironic because the Marlins got Adam Duvall, who was with the Braves last year, and it was like, oh, nice, good pickup. The Marlins need power. He's a good defender. It makes sense. Led the league in home runs again. He, he was up in, I think, finished third last year and plays good defense and was an affordable mutual option for next year. And the Marlins were like, no, no, no. Like, let's cash in now. Try and get a prospect to turn. I was okay with that. But the one report, too, that came out from Craig Mish, who's very reliable. So I think it really just came from like the indecision in the Marlins front office, which is just super funny. He reports, Mish does, the Marlins have made it clear that they will not help the Braves out. And then maybe two days later, they trade him or they trade them Alex or they get Alex Jackson for legitimately the, the reigning home run champ now
0: with who's a good defender. Uh, and it's all. 38 home runs, 113 ribbies. Yep. and You knew that, Jack. Come on. The Marlins
2: helped helped them and took a 48% K rate catcher. Is he going to be good? No. There you go. Apologize to Alex Jackson. I'm sorry that your K rate's 48%, (laughs) not 50%. I'll, I'll, I'll remember that one.
1: Oh, man. All right. We're going to get into where each team has the advantage in this World Series. We're also going to get into World Series MVP odds in a rather unorthodox way or just in a, in a non-traditional way of getting into that conversation. But first, Pete and Aram have both been wearing the Just Baseball shirt that's a collab with Pillbox Batco uh, that I'm still waiting to be delivered to my home. That's on you,
0: Pete. It's got to a- go. Is it on me? Why is it on Aram? You, you said you were going to do it. And that's a good done. point i will do it i will do jack it. I you know
2: will. you know the link for the pillbox shirts in our description you can buy no it but
0: he come on we can we, we're gonna make a buy one <laughs> no you know I, just,
1: I might i
0: might just as an f you to both of you i think i might buy one we will get okay, that you would show one. me
1: honestly
2: that would i don't know how Ooh. i'd recover
0: <laughs> my roommate remember how i said my roommate wore it three days in a row over weekend he's wearing it now wore it yesterday too i, I cannot i cannot exaggerate or I don't know if that's the Cohen in the
1: apartment right now. Can you get him in there?
0: Cohen. <laughs> yeah.
1: I need to ask. Can, can't you just smell him? Yeah. I need to know if he smells like shit. Well, are you wearing the just baseball
0: shirt? Yeah. He said he's wearing it right now. You tell him to come in and tell us how bad he smells. I don't think he needs to, to No. Th- Cohen. The boys want to want to see you in the just baseball shirt and see if you smell bad. Oh, now he's shirtless oh uh, uh, no, don't curse you're on a podcast he doesn't have it anymore uh, we're recording
1: but the link is in our episode description uh pillbox badco their collab with just baseball It is an awesome design uh and it's a very comfy shirt so go get you'll it. never be able to take it off clearly except for right now except for just now just yeah now. except
2: for right now
1: <laughs> oh okay here's how i want to get into the world series mvp conversation I want each of us to pick one from each side. Are we doing World Series MVP before we get into offense, defense? I think so, because okay. then we'll go team winners afterward. I like it. These are kind of our players to watch, right? Because the World Series MVP, if we were to you know throw the value on one of these guys, that kind of shows that they are our X factor. I think that's why we all love these gambling lines a lot, right? Yeah. Because you know, even if you don't bet, I don't bet all the time. Um, I don't like put money down all the time, but I love looking at this. It's the same reason people have been looking at the spread for football games for years now, right? It's taking a boom, the gambling business, because it is so easy to analyze and contextualize what's happening on the playing field with lines, right? If you think Jonathan Taylor is going to have a big game in the rain, his rushing prop goes up. That's just how that works. So here are the two hottest players in this series right now. Here are the two guys that have the best odds to win World Series MVP. Both at plus 850, Freddie Freeman and Jordan Alvarez. Peter, if the Atlanta Braves are going to win the World Series,
0: who is the World Series MVP? If the Atlanta Braves were to win the World Series, I think the World Series MVP will actually be Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton at plus 1,200 I have for the Braves if the Braves are going to win the World Series, and I'll tell you why. Charlie Morton's got the ball in game one. He's probably going to have the ball in game four, and he might have the ball in game seven. If the Braves are going to win this series, it's going to be behind the starting pitching, and he is their dude, the dude who's been there before, the ace of their staff, Charlie Morton plus 1,200 if the Braves are going to win. That's my pick. I love that pick.
1: I love it. It makes a lot of sense. Aram, how are you going to follow that? It makes too much sense. So I got
2: to go with something else because it it makes too much. That's 100% agree with it. So I'm glad that Peter did that so that I can just be – out there with something else, but <laughs> I was badly as I wanted to say Tyler Matic after what, after his six year memorable performance. And then after six years, Jack would just, you know, men in black erase it from his mind. I guess that's just the statue of limitations. Six years, yeah. Jack, no more, Yeah, no more than that. No more. Okay. Okay. Well, a reliever is almost never one. Uh, as, as far as I've looked back, a reliever is not one since Mariano Rivera in 1999, the, the MVP uh, for a world series. So I don't know if Tyler Matzik is quite Rivera yet. He'll he'll get there one day, just not yet. So for the brave side of things, the obvious one would be Freddie. But honestly, I think Freddie's just going to be Freddie this series. And you're almost playing against yourself. Uh, If Austin Riley puts up similar numbers to Freddie, I feel like he's going to be the guy that could end up getting it. I want to go Albies, but his splits just concern me. And I think teams are really playing against it. My, my off-season campaign, I've, told, I've talked about this so much now. Please stop switch hitting, Ozzy Albies. Please, for the love of God, you're so much worse from the left side. That's for another time. I'm going to go. Is becoming overrated? <laughs> no. Just because he can't hit from one side? He, like He's okay from the left side. The but like, stop. Just please stop. You're, you're so good from the right side. Even as a right-on-right right homer this year, I have no idea why he did it. He just decided to sit, fuck it, one day and hit right-on-right right and hit a homer. Uh, I'm going to go, I think Rosario is going to slow down a little bit. Austin Riley, I think just especially at 1,200, you're getting great odds there. But I think Riley's the X factor. Freeman, you're not going to pitch to him unless you have to. Riley's a guy that has protection. I feel like they've kind of protected him in the lineup. At times, he's been batting ahead of Freeman. We'll see how they decide to structure the lineup here. But... I just feel like Riley's just been on one this whole series. He's going to have those clutch hits and it's really about the moments. And I just feel like Riley's going to come up in the big moments. That's just more
1: of a gut thing. There's no uh, analysis behind that. Peter's got Chuck Morton at plus 2,500. Aram has Austin Riley at plus 1,200. I actually think Eddie Rosario is going to keep standing on his head. And I've got Eddie Rosario at plus 1,200. This guy through 10 postseason games is hitting 474 with a 1,300 OPS. And you know what the most fucked up part about all this is? He's not the only guy with an OPS at 1,300 that's playing in the World Series right now. Jordan Alvarez has an OPS of 1,329. That's disgusting.
0: These Your d- dad, Alvarez.
1: <laughs> These guys are hitting the shit out of the ball. I think Eddie Rosario has this knack for delivering in front of a packed house, in front of towels waving. And yes, he can play villain, but I think when this series shifts to Truist Park, game three, game four, game five, Eddie Rosario is going to have the biggest
0: three-game stretch of his life. He is a performer. Testament to the Braves. Imagine two months ago you uttering that in the world series eddie like rosario that, the world series MVP. eddie rosario yeah. and not like a dark horse like you're not saying oh maybe i don't even know who would be a good dark horse get like he's Chris the same Martin. odds
2: as austin riley who will probably sprinkle some mvp votes this year
0: that's what i'm saying like that's a real pick and it might happen yeah that's a mess
1: we're gonna work backwards i'll start with the astros here if the houston astros are going to win the world series I think Kyle Tucker is your World Series MVP. Jordan Don Alvarez, obviously. I just mentioned the OPS. His OPS is thirteen hundred in the postseason. But Kyle Tucker, I mean, he's he's on track to be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> this guy is so good, and I saw it firsthand at the ALDS. You know, watching every pitch of that White Sox series with the Astros, and Kyle Tucker was just delivering all the time. And if Your Don is going to steal the show. Kyle Tucker's going to lace a double down the line. That's just what he does, regardless of, you know, levity of the situation, right? If it's, you know, fourth inning down two, or if it's the seventh and it's a tie game, he's going to deliver a base knock. That's just who Kyle Tucker has been. I think that's who he will be for the next 10 years of his career. And I think that's who he's going to be over the next, I think, six games.
0: Why don't you just marry him? Kind of want to. He's pretty handsome. The thing is nothing you said is wrong. And the thing is you could also put that logic onto like three or four other players in this lineup too. That's why there's no wrong answer here. And I love the Kyle Tucker pick because it's kind of like that X factor, right? If they're going to win, it has to be not just Jose Altuve has a great series or Freddie Freeman just has a great series. It has to be those kind of guys. So while saying that though, my pick to win the World Series MVP if the Astros win is Carlos Correa. Yeah. On his own team, he has the fifth best odds. And doesn't it kind of feel like his it's his award to lose? Yes. Not only is there value there, but I feel like he's been just the best overall player on their team this season. He finished first on the team in WAR at 7.2, third in OPS, fourth in average, second in OBP, fourth in slugging, fourth in home runs and third in hits. He's been a phenomenal defender. He's a good playoff guy. He's not the hottest. He has an 855 OPS going in the playoffs, going into this series. That's pretty crazy. Yeah,
2: that's not good. No, it's
0: still pretty good, but it's not. I'm not saying he's like a Jordan, like on fire. 1,300.
2: It's half of the Jordans almost.
0: (laughs) I think Correa, it just feels like it's his season. He'll be a free agent after the year feel like it's all going to come together and the Astros are going to win the I'm, goddamn world series. And I'm, I'm with areas.
2: you. I'm with you on that hundred percent. I'll give a different pick just, just so I can be a little bit different, but yeah, you
0: know what? Stand with him.
2: All right. Yeah. Correa for me, I, it, the fact that he's not the odds on favorite is, is nuts is absolutely nuts to me. Like it looks like these odds were as if they just looked at the stat sheet for the postseason and just put it in order from the guys with the highest OPS and went from there because If you look at what Correa has done in big spots, what he has done all year long, what he offers with the glove, what he means to this team. Also, what could be his final, you know, final little dance here as an Astro. I don't see how he is not the favorite. Another thing to keep in mind, he's for his last seven with four Ks, which has dropped his OPS down monumentally. I fully trust him to turn the page in the world series. Uh, You know, I think, that was he hit a bit of a wall at the end of the series. The Red Sox were pitching him really well at the end there. I don't see how he he doesn't win it if the Astros are winning the series because they need him. And if they're going to win it, it's going to be because of him. My psycho dark horse that I just want to throw out there because he looked like a different pitcher, Luis Garcia. He's not going to get enough innings because they're not going to throw him like in the Morton cadence that that Peter pointed out. But Luis Garcia saw his velo jump multiple miles per hour, saw his vertical movement Eliminated on his fastball, which is good, right? Because it's that rising action and basically everything that you would think Spider Attack would do, except obviously he didn't use Spider Attack. So he found a way to grip it a bit better. He got the sweat and rosin rocking for him. And Luis Garcia had a no hitter, what, through five and change? Yeah. uh, That last name, he threw 13 or he had 13 swings at his cutter, 12 misses, 12 out of 13 swings were whiffs. If he looks like that and he gets two outings in the World Series plus 2000, might be worth a little sprinkle
1: i do want to say something here before we get into the positional advantage um the luis garcia slander from red sox fans was bullshit terrible total bullshit the um you know the talking heads of red sox nation and i'm not going to name names here but you know the people that have a very large following on social media saying there's no chance in hell he's not cheating right now. How do you throw the four hardest pitches of your career right now? I'll tell how you why. You. On you the biggest possibly stage, clinch.
2: How about yeah, this? Twenty four. How how is it possible that a twenty four year old in the biggest environment, biggest spot of his career, threw harder? I'm so shocked.
0: You want to play? You want to play that game? How, hey Red Sox, how is Chris Sale throwing the hardest he's thrown since 2018? Yeah. What you want to answer that question is. too? We can do this all day. It's the same answer. We can do this all day, Red Sox. What Alex Cora? You forget he was an Astro. We can do this all day.
1: <laughs> we don't have to do it all day, Yankees fan. Um, let's. God, I hate that. <laughs> let's jump in with starting pitching because we're talking about all that. Luis Garcia, Framber Valdez. Fill in the blank. Is it Zach Greinke? No, Lance McCullers is massive. For the Braves, Charlie Morton, Ian Anderson, Max Freed, that might be the only three you need. I think there's a clear-cut advantage here.
2: Yeah, it's it's the Braves. I mean, what you're getting
1: from Ian Anderson,
2: playoff Ian Anderson, hes he's stone cold. He looks like a 10-year vet. He's battling out there. Even when he doesn't have his best stuff, he's still giving you innings. I've been so amazed by this kid. I mean, he, he is so darn good. And then you have the Morton just clutch gene that we know about. And then the fact that Morton walked four guys in the first inning and then still went six, is like, it, that just gives me all the confidence in the world in him. And then I, I just think you, you can't compare the two. And then Max Freed, yes, his last outing was bad, but that was the second time that the Dodgers had seen him. That's a really good lineup. I think he can easily hold his own uh, in the first time that the Astros see him. It's definitely an advantage to the Braves. And, and frankly, it's not close unless Luis Garcia repeats what he did last outing. And you're getting more of the Framber Valdez you got in the last outing as well. But as Jack and I talked about a couple episodes ago, Framber gave up a lot of hard contact. He pitched a contact, a lot of hard hit balls. They just didn't have eyes. So I don't know if you can bank on him doing that again against the Braves team that, you know, can definitely swing it.
0: It's a great point arm. Uh, we talked about that too. five, of the hardest hit balls in Framber start were all given up by Framber Valdez in the entire game. So you're right. He did get hit around, even though his stat line did look good. I also lean Braves. Um, I wrote that in the article that I lean Braves. But, 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 but. If Framber Valdez and Luis Garcia can replicate what they did against the Astros, I mean, against the Red Sox, I think this series is over in four or five. Because if they, if they can replicate that and shut down the Braves' defense because you know the Astros are going to hit, then there really is nowhere that the Braves can come at the Astros, in my opinion. So on paper, Braves, and like they are the better pitching staff, but if you see really good outings from Framber and Luis Garcia, the series is over even before it started. One big X factor as well, to, to piggyback
2: off of that, Christian Javier.
0: Yeah, Christian Javier be has
2: been spectacular, spectacular, and he's progressively been stretched out a little bit more. Is he your Game Three starter? I think he is, or is there he's got to be. He went three innings in that last outing against the Bra- or against the Red Sox. Excuse me. I think you can stretch him to five. That's all you're getting from guys, anyways. These days in the postseason, if he gives you four, that's all you're getting from most guys, anyways. Javier is your Game Three starter. And a good start out of him could start to, you know, even the playing field a little bit in that regard.
1: One of Rikiti or Javier is likely going to be in the bullpen for Houston, along with Kendall Graveman, Ryan Presley. So that's the Astros bullpen, kind of. And Stanek is good too. Stanek's fine.
0: And what, <laughs> No, none of us are talking about Greeky, and like deservedly so, because like he probably won't pitch much, but like it's hilarious that like he's not a factor in this. He's kind of a liability. Yeah, it like doesn't that just kind of make you? I don't know. That's kind of something. I don't no, know. That's
1: what age does to professional athletes, not named Tom Brady or LeBron James or Max Scherzer slash Justin Verlander.
0: But like Grinky had a good year this year. I felt like once we got into okay, now you got to face a good offense. It was like, all right, nope, we're not throwing Zachary. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that just sucks. Yeah, he's like,
2: just good in like regular, random midweek starts against,
1: the, top Rangers. 500 teams yeah, or against the Rangers. Five hundred teams. Yeah, Tuesday against the Rangers is is a pretty easy start to make.
2: Yeah. Although Um, Stanek, I think you're underselling him, too. Crazy swing and miss numbers this year. And he's only given up one run this postseason in six and two-thirds innings, and it was on a solo shot. Good fastball, too. Ton of life. Marlins gave up on him.
1: Stanek, Graveman, good. maybe Javier. That's the Astros' bullpen. It's hard to beat Minter, Matzik, Jackson, and Smith right now. That quartet is dominant, but it is more of a toss-up than I think we're giving it credit for. Who has the advantage, Peter Apple?
0: I, in the bullpen, I put it as a push. I'll tell you why. Let me just take you through some numbers. And you, and you, you, you tell me what, you, what you're feeling. So the Astros during the regular season had a 4.07 ERA as a club, but they have a 3.42 ERA as a bullpen right now. The Braves had a 3.99 ERA during the regular season, and then a 3.56 ERA during the postseason. Kendall Graveman and Ryan Presley are actually really good. And to arms point, Ryan Stanek is good too. Brooks Raley is another guy. And then we're talking about Christian Javier this is not as bad as a bullpen and as I think people are saying, and I don't know if the Braves have as good as a Nick Pavetta and one of those guys, like they do with Christian Javier, Jesse Chavez against this Houston Astros lineup. I feel like he's going to get run up on, but I thought that would happen with the Dodgers too. And it didn't really happen. So maybe he does push the envelope a little bit. I would say in the back end, it does favor the Braves, but I would say down the entire the entirety of the bullpen, I think it's very close. The numbers point to that, too. So I have this really as a push, even though you would think it should be much heavily braised. And maybe maybe I'm not 100% correct. That's just my opinion on it. My thought on this, too, is that I think you have to put Javier in the rotation
2: for game three. I think you have to. So yeah. under that assumption, you're eliminating him from the bullpen. You're putting Arcidi in the bullpen, and Arcidi, he—he's gonna. <laughs> you were gonna say he, he sucks. He's gonna struggle against the Braves. <laughs> you were gonna so, say he sucks. In his last four outings, Arcidi, he's given up six homers in his last four outings, and you know. <laughs> the Braves. What do they do? They hit bombs. That's what they do, as well as anyone in baseball. If I'm the Braves, I'm praying Arcidi comes in. <laughs> I think Arquiti going to be late inning or late game mop up. If it's a blowout, eat some innings, turn the page for the next game type of situation. That's how bad of a matchup I think it is. And that's how bad he looked in that game against the Red Sox. If you're putting Javier now in that rotation, that bullpen gets a bit thinner. I, 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 I still
1: lean heavy, heavy uh, advantage to the Braves here in the regards to pitching. The only reason I lean Braves is because Matsick, Jackson, uh, and Minter have proven that they can go back-to-back-to-back to back to back days. They can do it. They can pitch every game. And if you can pitch every game, that's big. You want to go to your A-team as often as possible. I think that with the starting pitching advantage, the Braves can get it to the 6th more so than the Astros can get it to the 6th. And if you hand it off to Tyler Matzik in the 6th or Minter in the 6th, I feel better
0: about six through nine than I do with Houston's bullpen. And something I just want to mention about the pitching with Houston, like we, we all know that the Red Sox have, if not the best lineup in this entire, se- in this entire playoffs, like one of the best, right. They held them to three runs in the final three games of that series. That's something that's going kind of underreported that the pitching is good. Like the Houston pitching, I know they don't have the but the bullpen is not as bad as you might think. If I'm not mistaken,
1: your Don Alvarez out hit the Boston Red Sox over the last two games of the series. You are not mistaken. (sighs) That's crazy. I think that is not a testament to the Astros. I think that was the Red Sox
0: offense crashing and burning, if we're being totally honest. Maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. I think at some point, it's like over three games, was it just the Red Sox taking a dump? Or was it like, you know, let's give the guys, the Brooks Raley's of the world, the Ryan Stanics of the world, their credit when they're throwing scoreless outings. And it's not to the extent of Matzik, but scoreless is scoreless. Let's go by position group
1: for the hitters. And then we'll give you our series predictions. Starting with the catchers, who's got the advantage?
0: Um defensively Houston has it offensively the Braves have it what's more important defensively you think so so? don't you
1: Darno has the capability of delivering the big hit I actually don't
0: think Maldonado has that capability he's the worst hitter ever
2: the capability of delivering a hit I I would say I
0: like Travis Darno on my team better I would but If we're talking defensive, which I think will be the biggest impact on the game, because Darno is a good hitter, but he's not gonna wow a series, he's not gonna come out and destroy balls. Yeah, but how much speed do the Astros have?
1: You know, like are they gonna run on Darno? It's a good point. Is Altuve gonna run a little bit? Okay, right. How much speed do the Braves have? Tiny bit. How much? Is Terrence Gore Terrence Gore is on that roster, right? (laughs) That's a good point, though. That's about to run wild. Who's going to steal the taco? Who's going to win tacos for America? And they're
2: both good enough that they're going to block. They're going to, they're going to be fine behind the dish. So where do you lean on? If Darno was hitting at all this postseason, I'd lean Darno. I mean, what I have ingrained in my mind is that strike them out, throw them out by Maldonado oh, to really just take the fire. wind out of the sails of the Red Sox. And the way that Darno's looked, he just hasn't, he missed a good chunk of time with that thumb injury. I love Darno as a player. He's a hell of a ball player, but he's just not the same right now at the plate. He's been good behind the dish. I think that he's not that much better at this point than Maldonado. I think he could come up with the big hit, but I mean, even a blind squirrel finds and not Maldonado will probably run into a baseball at some point in this series. Just the way it works, what Maldonado does behind the dish. I'm going advantage Astros because legitimately, not only am I not running on that guy, I'm like hesitant to even go on a dirt ball read. I, like, I'm well aware of what that guy is capable of behind the dish. We're talking about sacrifice bunts, all of the little things. Maldonado is as good as it gets. And, and he could come up huge in some big spots there. Uh, and also not to mention that the confidence that his pitchers are going to have in him, that
1: you could spike something and, and he's a brick wall. I'm going to go advantage Astros a, a catcher. He creates some legitimate conservatism on the bases for Atlanta infield we know about the uber power that the braves infield shows up with we also know that the astros infield has been together for more postseason games than any other infield in major league history except for one and i think it was the murderers row yankees That's or no 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 it was uh it was the 2000s yankees it was jeter uh a rod and then two others guriel Altuve, Correa, and Bregman. They're so dangerous. But so is Riley, Swanson, Albies, and Freddie.
0: (laughs) Are these the the two two best best infields infields in baseball? baseball? Yes. Yes. Fucking good. Uh slight advantage Astros, but like, I mean, you, because told me, they've been if there? you tell me Braves. I'm like, yep, you were right. Like the, the, we're splitting hairs at that point. Like the, these are two of the best in the business, especially with Riley taking the step forward. My only thing is probably the worst player out of all of those. And the only player who doesn't even deserve to be in the conversation with all the seven others is probably Dansby Swanson. I think he's been, you know, he hasn't had that good of a playoff run. He had a decent year at the plate. He's a, above average defender. I just, I'm not the biggest fan of Dancy Swanson. I like him. I don't love him. He's the only guy in that conversation where I'm not like, oh yeah, bona fide stud.
2: I'm with you there. I'm definitely with you. Um, I think there's a level of, of having the probably just most dominant middle infield we've seen in, in a while. I, I just think that middle infield is so crazy unless I'm slipping something. Uh, like, I can't think of a middle infield that's been better. Of course, you could talk Turner Seager, but that was so short-lived. And doesn't know, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Like <laughs> if, we're, if we're going to that, then, you know, that only reinforces, you know, what we're saying here, been there before matters a ton. I don't trust Albies a tenth of a percent as much as I trust Altuve in the big spots here. Albies has been struggling defensively a little bit, too. I really I really think that the Astros, been there before, superstar at shortstop, superstar at second base. It's not like Guriel is, is way off from Freddie Freeman in terms of the production that we've seen. And, you know, Bregman has the capability of, of, of heating up, and he's been there too. The experience puts him over the top, but I also think that there's this level of established star power that really only Freddie Freeman provides in that Braves infield, whereas
1: you kind of have it in multiple spots with the Astros. I love that the objectively
0: inferior first baseman won the batting title. The yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, like, there's no doubt in any of our minds that Freddie Freeman is better, yes. but yet the other guy won the batting title. Yes. like, come on. It's, it's closer, it's closer
2: than it should be.
1: Outfield by committee or that glaring hole in center field for the Astros?
0: Arm, you start with this one.
1: You
2: know... we're assuming Jake Myers isn't coming in, right? Like he's not coming back. So it's, it's rough out there. I'm going outfield advantage has to go to the Braves, the way they're swinging it right now. Um, because, Because you have matchup situations here where I love Kyle Tucker. I love Michael Brantley, but glaring hole in center. And you look at the Braves, they can mix and match so well. You know, they they could put Jock Peterson in positions for success, Rosario in positions for success, Duvall in specific positions for success on top of the outfield that they already have. Eileen Braves there because of their ability to mix and match. Uh, You you see the Astros late in games. They always have this tough decision. Like, do we pinch run for Michael Brantley here? But what if we go into extras and we need his bat? I I feel like the Braves have a little bit more to fall back on. They also have that dude, Jorge Soler off the bench that could play the outfield. I just, I like the mixing and matching that they can do in this series. I prefer the Braves' situation, but in general, obviously it's, a, it's a better outfield talent wise uh, for the Astros, but I like the way everything's trending right now for this Braves team and the way their outfield
1: is looking. Here's the way I'm going to put the DH thing because there's, there's somebody glaring. I think
0: it's the best hitter in the world series that we haven't talked about yet. Can I just mm-hmm. say one thing? Uh, it's actually about the DH thing. Is Jordan going to play DH? Yeah, that's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna I say. I knew you were so, going to. I just interrupted for no reason. No,
1: you're good. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. So like Soler, or the fourth outfielder for Atlanta is going to be the DH game one and two. But when they go to Atlanta, is Jordan the chess piece of all chess pieces you have on the bench waiting for that pinch hit opportunity? Oh no. Or is hell he the no. right fielder?
0: I think he's the left fielder. I think you got to put Tucker in center and or
1: Brantley, or maybe in
0: Jordan in right and. I don't know how you're going to do it. Just get those bats in the lineup and worry about it later. But also outfield defense matters in the in the World Series. Like that ball that you can chase down. Like there's a reason Chas McCormick, you're going to see him a lot. Remind me,
1: is Truest Park a hard outfield to play
0: defensively? I think it might be. I it's think spacious. it's like a little bit above average in terms of its vastness. Yeah, so I don't think it's, 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 it's like a pitcher's park, but it's not a hitter's park.
2: It's spacious out there. It it can get a little, a little bit wide and there's a lot of room. Uh, You could split some gaps. The gaps are pretty, pretty big. So I I'm seeing a Jordan Alvarez not getting to a ball, you know, in in right center and we're like Nelson Cruz all over again. Yeah. Like that could be very well the case. And that was what plagued the Rangers. Because if you remember the Rangers, they had to stick Nelson Cruz out there because the only other guy that they would have been able to put out there was 40 year old Vlad Guerrero senior. So they were between those two and Nelson Cruz was the better defensive option at that point in Vladdy's career. And it's a little reminiscent of that here where they're going to have Dusty Baker is going to have to have some difficult decisions to be made there. And you're either going to have to pull Jordan on Alvarez's back early, or you're going to have to roll the dice with him in the outfield. And this is somebody that, only played 300 innings in the outfield this year. So, I mean, they weren't even really willing to throw him out there in the regular season very much. And now he's going to have to be out there on the biggest stage in the biggest spot. I'm a little bit nervous about that. And if we're going to talk about defense, I mean, like Peter said, defense matters and it's going to matter in
1: half of the games. It matter. I I do want to talk about bench before we get to our series predictions. I'm trying to think about the the bench. Has either side announced a World Series roster yet? I don't believe so.
2: As of this point at 6.49 p.m. on the 25th? Yes. Of a
1: Monday? No. No. So here's what I'm thinking right now. For Atlanta, it's Eddie Adrianza, who is fine. He's one for eight in the postseason. Heredia, Orlando Arcia might be on that. Camargo no um like the the, both benches are kind of thin
0: yeah the thing is I was about to say both benches are not very good that's I guess the weakness there is that the Astros don't really have anyone to go pick up and then the Braves they're they they got that outfield but then beyond that you know you got Heredia you got Arcia like you said dudes in spots but I, I agree. This is not a one of these World Series where it's the teams of old with these big bench bats that are. what'll I don't know if that's the case here. Yeah, no. I mean, who do the Astros have? They've got Jose Siri, they've got Ledesma exactly. Diaz, and like that's it, right? None of those guys wow me, and, and you know what? I hope, I hope that we're both wrong, and like Jose Siri wins the World Series MVP somehow, because that's always the best, right? When those guys come out of nowhere and have crazy series. Yeah. Yeah, Steven Pierce style, but
1: yeah,
2: it's just, to me, the bench issue really hurts the Astros the most because when they have to figure out how they're going to mix and match defensively and they get late into games and they got to decide when to pinch hit, when to go with the defensive replacements. Like if you burn your pinch hitter, that would have been your ideal defensive replacement in the outfield for Jordan. There's going to be multiple spots. Where Jordan Alvarez is stuck in the outfield and they're just gonna to have to pray that it's not hit to him. It's gonna be like, do you remember when there was that weird fad where the the Rays were putting Sergio Romo at third base so that they could re-enter him back into the game the next inning or like a couple outs later, which is genius, by the way. But you're just praying that the ball's not going to Sergio Romo or whatever reliever they put at third base, so that when the pitcher comes in, they can swap Romo back in. I love that move, by the way. They should teach all outfielders how to just catch routine fly balls. That aside, though, that's basically what you're going to be doing. You're praying that nobody's hitting Jordan a tough ball and, and you're betting on the bat. And I think you have to. You have to do that.
0: Breaking news before we get into the World Series. Joe Flacco is a Jet again. Oh, wow. He <laughs> just traded from the Eagles back to the Jets. Traded into do
2: Mike White. Traded implies that they gave something up.
0: Joe Flacco's a jet again do you give up what was it conditional seven I don't know I just got to learn yeah. on my phone and I just like Two future first rounders acquire Two veteran years. QB following Zach Wilson's injury like Joe Flacco's a jet which yeah. and he's in the
2: games. was a hell of a baseball player too South Florida guy threw cheese on the mound also wow.
1: so Mike White did the reverse he went baseball to football Pat White went football to baseball Pat he White. never showed
2: up for Kansas City Royal Spring training though
1: Really, I know he was a he was a White Sox farmhand for a moment. Yeah,
2: he, he 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 signed with the Royals. I was at the game where he got knocked out. It was actually terrifying. And then he just decided to play baseball, and then never showed up to the Royals Spring Training. Damn,
1: how about that? Okay, who wins? How many games? I'm going to ask Siri for a random number, one through ten. We're going to name a number. Whoever finishes closest goes last. Deal? And farthest goes first. Cool. Sure. Uh, okay, arm name a number one through ten. Eight. Pete five. I'm gonna go one. Pick a number one through ten. Seven. Siri didn't say anything for some reason. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I saw it. So does that mean your first I'm second arms third. Yes. God I'm good.
1: Braves in six. Wow. That's it. Braves and six.
0: Peter's in still particular... decided.
1: Give, give, us, give, us, give us the TikTok. Okay. You ready? Braves and six. <laughs> it's because the starting pitching is just so much far and away better. So much better. Charlie Morton can actually go six innings. I understand that Framber Valdez and Luis Garcia, if the stars align, can go seven or eight innings like they did in the ALCS. But here's the deal. Charlie Morton's just done it a whole bunch more times than either of those Astros guys that I just mentioned. Max Freed has that capability. Ian Anderson, we know, has that capability. Anderson got pulled after four innings in the clincher against the Dodgers. His changeup looked better than it ever has in that. He was pulled prematurely. I think we can all agree on that. If Ian Anderson, Charlie Morton, and Max Freed Perform the way we know those three guys can perform. I've got all the faith in the world in Tyler Matzik, AJ Minter, Luke Jackson, and Will Smith closing it out. And I think the offense is going to be just good enough. Braves and six.
0: My prediction. This is the worst prediction I'll ever make in the sense of I just really don't want it to happen. The Houston Astros will win the 2021 World Series in six games. The offense is too good. You say starting pitching. I say nobody can simply stop this offense. They scored 23 runs in their last three games against the Red Sox. They're just going to keep rolling, and they're going to hit you from every angle. I like the bullpen of the Astros. I think the starting pitching, if Framber Valdez and Luis Garcia can give you at least half of what they gave you against the Red Sox... That'll be enough. The Astros will just be too much for the Braves, and they're going to win it in six. And God, I hope I'm wrong.
2: All right. I can do the dramatic, like pull the mic closer to me, take here. I am going Braves in seven. Braves in seven, because for the complete opposite, I actually despise the Astros bullpen so much. <laughs> I think it's terrible. And I think it's really going to, it's really going to come to a head here. I don't trust. I don't even trust Ryan Stanek. I I think he's been decent. I don't trust him. I've seen the worst of Ryan Stanek. I'm going Braves for a few reasons. I think they're, I think they've got more pitching and I think the pitching is going to set them apart in the bullpen. I love what we've seen from Tyler Matzik. He's just red hot. I trust that guy with my life right now. And he statistically like technically speaking, hasn't even been their best reliever. They've got multiple guys that have just been absolutely shoving throughout the whole postseason. I trust Ian Anderson more than I would trust any pitcher that's 24 years old. Max Freed, aside from his one start, has been spectacular. Charlie Morton is the best big game pitcher we've seen. Will Smith looks like Will Smith. AJ Minter, I don't think he's given up a run the entire postseason. And then whoever Jesse Chavez is, is actually doing (laughs) decent things. I'm all in. On the Braves, I think it's just destiny. I think they're going to make it happen. And not to mention that I'm not even getting to the offense. This is the only infield to ever all hit – what was it? All hit 25 home runs? No, nope, the yeah. Marlins did it. So who else yeah, did Marlins it? The
0: Marlins did it. They, they didn't uh, get to third. Well, the Braves they're almost 30. got it. Three of them they're got it. Stupid Dan Swanson, it.
2: cut them short. I just Dan's remember Bans that Swanson away. away. The Marlins were the only other ones. It's okay. You can join the Marlins in, in history over there. But spectacular all-around offense. I love the way they can mix and match, and I'm calling it right now. Jordan Alvarez will pull a Nelson Cruz in right field, and that's going to be the difference in the series. Oof.
1: God, did that feel good to get off your chest? Yeah.
0: Next time we talk. I, yeah. I hope I'm so wrong. Like, I was also – I just – I went through it, and I was like, I don't see it, guys. I don't see it. I, I And I've been seeing the Braves, but this just feels like the – fucking astros i fucking hate them but they're gonna win the world series and i hate it
1: Shit. next time we talk is after the first two games in houston he's at peter apple 23 and at arm layton eight i am at jack underscore mcmullen 11 at just bb media on twitter at just baseball fans on instagram and tiktok visit JustBaseball.com. I feel like that's the one we always leave out, but it's like, go, go, go
0: read my betting preview. I gave you all the series prices, all MVP odds, series schedule. I gave you my take. We went through offense, defense. Basically, I wrote this article based off this podcast. So go check it out on JustBaseball.com.
1: So Stacy King, the uh, analyst for Bulls games on TV, started calling the Bulls shy slamajama. Um, I think you could call the Omaha storm chasers this year. Murderers row part two uh, arm. When is Royals top 10 prospects coming out on just baseball.com.
2: Tonight. So it would wow. already be out at, wow. at the time that people are listening to this. So I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Royal okay. system, top heavy drops off quite a bit, but still some names to look at. And I think some controversial takes in this top 10 that people are going to be like, what the hell? So I'm pumped about that.
1: With prado melendez all three are gonna have 35 homer seasons at some point in their major league career uh what else the pillbox batco collab which is baseball for that t-shirt that link to purchase uh or just check it out and you know live vicariously through us wearing the t-shirt uh is in our episode
0: description
2: and our and just baseball merch is pretty fire too we've got it we've just got baseball
0: a deal merch you we've can got got find deal on deal our right Insta- now where you can find it go to our instagram store and you can click view shop and it's right there as well also, we have a find playoff it on our special. website.
2: We have a playoff special on the original just baseball merch. Promo code fade JACK. one word fade jack. You actually will get, I believe, what is it, 15 or 20% off? 15% off.
0: 15% all off just fade. Baseball jack. Merch.
2: It's not even a joke. And I'm we're going
0: to be launching that for the World Series. Fade Jack is the promo code. Use the Instagram store in our in on Instagram. And you got it. I'm going to tell my parents to use that.
1: YouTube, Discord, Twitch, we're on all those. Check out the episode description below.
0: So, Peter, thank you, everybody.